0: Wine, Work, and Passion is brought to you by the Napa Valley Wine Academy, America's premier wine school and two-time winner of the WSET Global Wine Educator of the Year Award. You can find a course that's right for you at NapaValleyWineAcademy.com and use the code in our show notes for a special discount. Welcome, wine enthusiasts and job seekers. I'm your host, Karen Wetzel, and Wine Work and Passion is the podcast where we inspire you to make a career out of your passion for wine. I'm not exactly sure how to introduce today's guest because she's so accomplished and wears so many hats in the wine industry. But I do know for sure that you'll be inspired by her story. Gerilyn Brostrom is an instructor in the Wine MBA program at the Wine Business Institute at Sonoma State University. She's also the developer of the Italian Wine Professional Certification Program and co-founder of the website ItalianWineCentral.com. And as if that weren't enough, she's a consultant, a public speaker, and the author of well-known books, The Business of Wine and Into Italian Wine. Geraldine offers us a mountain of insights today to help you dive into the wine industry head first. So be sure and stick around until the end so you won't miss a thing. So, let's meet Geraldine. Hey Geraldine, how are you today? Great, Karen. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks so much for joining us here on Wine Work and Passion. So excited to have you as a guest. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for asking. Um, so can you tell our audience who you are and what you do in the wine industry? Sure.
1: My name is Geraldine Brostrom and uh, the simple answer is that I own and manage the website and certification programs called Italian Wine Central and I'm also a faculty member in the Wine Business Institute at Sonoma State University. And the way that they're kind of tied together is that as a subset of both of those roles, I do educational consulting for wine businesses looking to amp up their already existing wine education programs um, or content or programming.
0: Wow. Okay. You're a busy gal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't really a short answer, was it? (laughs) No, that's
0: okay. Tell us what what we need to know about your background, you know, maybe college. Things you've done in your past, how you, you know, the journey from beginning to where you're at today.
1: I started uh, my career uh, working in the language department of uh, modern language department of of a high school, and I was uh, tutoring high school French while I was working on my MBA. And after I received my MBA, I went on to work in bank marketing because I did not know what I was going to do. Um, but I did like marketing. I did like the aspects of marketing that I had studied. Those were some of my favorite courses in um, in, in college, but uh, I found it somewhat unexciting. Uh, the biggest deal going on in the banking industry at that time were ATM cards, if you can believe that. So I wrote a lot of brochure copy about ATM cards and how exciting that was and all that sort of thing. Um,
0: I sure there's people listening that don't, that didn't know there was ever a time we didn't have ATM cards.
1: <laughs> right, right. I mean, for the financial aspects of the one industry, it was a big technological advancement, but I still found it somewhat... You know, uh, unexciting. My husband, who uh, worked as a defense consultant, had been in the Navy and traveled all over the world and became interested in wine when he was in Spain and places like New Zealand. So we answered an ad for Weekend Help at a local winery. And that was really the beginning. I met some fantastic people there, learned a lot about wine in a very casual atmosphere. I didn't start
0: California? Where was it? California?
1: No, that was in Pennsylvania. Yeah um yeah so I worked there's a lot of, for, there's a
0: lot of wine up on the around the great lakes a lot of wine
1: yeah. being made. yeah up around. In, in yeah in the in the michigan area and this was um, you know the wine industry in pennsylvania was is older but it was uh, in terms of commercial commercial wine that would leave the state let's say and not just be tasted in the tasting room it was very nascent at the time And we had the four. We had the great luck to work for a guy called Eric Miller, whose father he had. He had sort of apprenticed in Burgundy, and his father had a winery up in the Hudson Valley. So they were making really great Chardonnay and um, uh, Pinot Noir, and and also some you know cool climate varieties. But they were big into education, and that's really where the seed was planted. Um, And you know. In the wine industry i've worked in just about every aspect of the value chain from production to retail to as i said earlier import and distribution and i was always really curious about how the industry worked and that's kind of why i wanted to work in so many different aspects to really see how it all fit together Um, i've always been more curious about the business of wine than let's say drinking a 1961 lafitte although if you gave me that opportunity i would not foolishly turn it down but that's what really led me from pure wine education to sort of cross over into teaching about the business of wine. And that kind of brings it up to date, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Before we talk about what you're doing now, I do want to bring up the Winebow thing because you were with them oh. for a bit. And can you talk a little bit about what what they are, who they who they are, what they do and what your sure. role Sure, sure, sure. Now, we
1: have to tell our listeners that it has been 10 years since I've worked at Winebow. And when I started there in 2004, they were a moderately, you know, a moderate sized company with uh, both import and distribution businesses, which is, uh, it's not completely rare, but um, most most importers or distributors choose to grow their business in one aspect of that industry, right? Either import or distribution because they're specialist businesses. Winebow was exciting because they both they had an import business. Uh, um, at the time, they were big specialists in Italian wines. But while I was there, we brought in, uh, we established a Spanish portfolio and a Portuguese portfolio an Austrian portfolio. And those, those, those times were really, really exciting because everything was new. And because I was in charge of the education department, I was involved in all in all of those different rollouts, um, you know, teaching our not only our internal sales team on the import side, but also our distribution teams that were part of Wambo, but then it blossomed into, I should say expanded into our um, third party distributors. And in the latter part of my career with Wimbo, that's what I did. I traveled around the country training our third party distributors. And so, you know, the famous Friday Friday meetings where education um, is on the agenda, that, that's what I did for many, many Fridays for many years in a row. Um, but now I think, you know, in terms of career pursuits, people should know that Wimbo is, um, has grown, you know, um, exponentially, either through expanding into new states completely on their own, setting up like just before I left, uh, WIMO set up its own distribution company in the Chicago market. But they've also acquired other companies and merged with other companies around the country. So they have a, we were only, when I was with WIMO, that our footprint was mainly East Coast, uh, mid Atlantic, East Coast, Massachusetts, and uh, Chicago, Illinois. Now you can find Winebo everywhere, Florida, Virginia, um, you know, California, Washington. Right. So they've expanded immensely and they are really a full full national footprint in both um, in the distribution area and also pretty much their portfolio. Again, for anybody who thinks that, you know, a uh, full service or full scale wine operation that represents just about every country is like a candy store. I think it would be Winebo that would be the candy store because you can specialize. <clears throat> you can sell all kinds of wine,
0: but you can also specialize in an area that you know, right. you're know really pas- passionate about. One of the reasons I wanted to ask you about that is this weekend, I was proctoring some WSET exams uh, for an exam for a bunch of WSET students. And At the end of the first part of the exam, and we were taking a break, one of the students came up to me. His name is, uh, I got to call him out, Jordan Jordan Cuspa. And he came up to me and he said, are you Karen on the podcast? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. And he says, I listen to every episode. He goes, and I'm going to tell you a really great story. He goes, I was listening to one of your episodes, the one with Pat O'Sullivan from Heidelberg. And... I wasn't in the wine industry, but it inspired me. And he handed me his card. He's and I'm like, oh my gosh, he got a sales job at Winebow. Oh, and that's so, I did so cool! On that, on that, in that podcast, <laughs> I got the job. So I was pretty excited about that. Sorry, it's a little plug for the show, but. <laughs> rewarding when I, when I hear that what we're talking, things we're talking about here actually do help people. (laughs) So let's fast forward now to today. You have a lot of different things that you do. You want, let's talk about those. Uh, Italian Wine Central website
1: was really me sort of answering my, my own entrepreneurial call. I, I, had always wanted to have my own business, but I wanted it to be a bona fide business. You know, I just didn't want to hang out a shingle, um, you know, um, just doing something that, you know, independent people can do. So and I wanted to be able to put it together with I'm a big believer in sort of, you know, using all of your experiences and just continually building upon them and really turning that into something that can work for you. That's really the most rewarding that that I found in my career. So when I was working at Winebo, and as I said, going around the country, every time I'd be out working in the market or conducting a training session, I'd get the question, where can I find more information about Italian wine? So after hearing that for so many years, I decided it was time to fulfill that, you know, kind of one of a basic definition of, a, of an entrepreneur is a person who organizes and operates a business who identified a need in the marketplace and works to fulfill it. So, so that's really how that part of Italian Wine Central got started. Um, it was also a way for me to branch out creatively um, and combine those experiences. I had been executive director at the Society of Wine Educators and I, there I learned a lot about certification Um, across not just the wine industry, but all sorts of industries. And so I was also responsible for content and execution of the Winebow website, which is huge now, but was still pretty, pretty big at the time. So Italian Wine Central combined all of that, you know, my certification knowledge, my wine training knowledge, and really kind of what
0: belongs on a website and how you manage that sort of thing. Right. So Italian Wine Central is a website. It's a website mm-hmm. with lots of great resources for anybody who needs, you know, resources on Italian wine if You want to learn about grape varieties or regions. That's all there. Um, but it's also a classroom, correct? Yep. Yep. It's really a hub. So we've got, we've got all of
1: the background information on Italian wines. And so a lot of the people that come to our website are, are working in the trade, you know, bon- boning up the morning, they have to go out for a presentation or, you know, studying uh, competitor's websites, uh, sorry, um, competitors wine lists or retail shelf sets to figure out what, you know, what all these wines are that they're looking at. Um, we have uh you know, I would call it maybe like lifestyle content where we write articles about what's going on in Italy. Um, But the other piece of it is that we offer online uh, education and certification courses. And we do that in two ways. You can just take the courses and enjoy them, which we have a lot of connoisseurs and aficionados do. Um, or you can challenge your knowledge after you take the more advanced course and take the certification program, uh, certification exam called um, Italian Wine Professional. So, exploring wine is for the serious student and a course called Discovering Wine, which is more entry level, is for, you know, trader consumers who are really, really looking to get into it at the very beginning. And and that's really who our target audience is. We're about 50-50 split between trade
0: and the people who just love Italian wine and can't get enough of it. Right, right. And just uh, FYI to the audience, you can take the Discover Italian Wine, the entry level one through uh, Geraldine's website, Italian Wine Central, but you can also take it through the Nap Valley Wine Academy. I think it's even the same price, but because of Geraldine's relationship with the academy, we we do offer not the not the professional certification, but the Discover Italian Wines. Um, I use your website a lot for research when I'm it, pulling together presentations that have anything to do with Italy. I'm always doing my fact checking or my fact finding, and then fact checking on your website. It's a great really great tool that, you know, the part that's just even open uh, to the public. So aside from that, you do public speaking, you're a teacher at Sonoma State, talk about some of those things. We haven't been doing much public speaking because
1: of, uh, you know, the world just kind of reopening. But um, uh, for a while, I was doing a lot of uh, Italian wine sessions at society of wine educators the SomCon conference um and also m- more recently w- i actually did just do uh, we did our, our very m- my very first event back sort of in public was uh at the trade show in new york called vin expo and that's something that i do um on the wine business side of things is to organize, but again it's organizing educational content on the u.s wine market for producers who are looking to either come into the country as a new entrant into the market or someone who may have a footprint in the u.s who's looking to expand so i work on that program on an annual basis and this will be the fifth year that i've worked in in partnership with sonoma state university and the venexpo trade show in new york which is always fun because i get to see so many people that i worked with around the country Um, but right now, I'm also teaching in the Global Executive Wine MBA program, and um, I'm teaching a course called Global Wine Operations. And that is super exciting because of all of the evolution and the globalization that is going on in the wine industry right now. It's you know, a, a moving target. It's a, it's a, you know, globalization is kind of a, a race that has no finish line, right? Because um, with wine growing and interest in wine growing and countries producing and exporting, you know, it's a lot of fun. And the students there, the typical students in the wine MBA program are from. Probably there again, 50 percent who are in the wine industry and maybe 50 percent who are looking to grow their careers in the wine industry um, or who have very successful professional careers, let's say in law or accounting. Um, and they are looking to transfer all of those high level skills into the wine industry, which I think is really exciting, too. And this is through Sonoma State. Yep, that's the Sonoma State. That's uh, It's in the School of Business and Economics, but it's also um, how the program is is a part of the Wine Business Institute, which on the Sonoma State website, you can find if you can find the Wine Business Institute, you'll find all the MBA programs there.
0: Yeah, I also recommend Sonoma State sometimes for some of my coaching clients that are looking to get into the business side of wine, but they really don't have any real wine knowledge or background to even if they don't take the whole course, but to take some courses from Sonoma State, um, so that they have, you know, they can put that on their resume and, you know, it, it just shows, shows their initiative, but also shows that they that they understand the concept of the industry overall. I want to jump back really quick, um, to the Italian wine central, because I thought of something while you were talking, um, mm-hmm. two things. One of the, one of the reasons I love the Italian wine central is because, and most people probably wouldn't know this, but if you're going to research a wine in uh, an Italian wine, a lot of the, several, not all of them, but some of the DOCs and DOCGs have their own websites, like Chianti Classico has its own website. And that's true around the world with wine regions. All the small, A lot of the smaller regions have their own. But the problem is they're not all in one place. I mean, everybody, everybody has, they're all siloed. So to get consistent and good information across the board, if you're researching several wines from different regions, this is where you run into a problem, and that's really the best benefit of using, I think, of using your website. But but the other thing that struck me is, as you're talking, um, you are you're an American woman living in America, and you wrote the book on Italian wines. But I think there's something more the audience needs to know. You're a, you have dual citizenship, right? I do. I do. There was a time when.
1: Um, and this was before I think I worked at Wimbo. There was a time that I dreamed of living and working in Europe. And at the time, um, and it may you know there it's probably still still true now. I, I can't verify that, but you, you would be much better off working inside Europe, not just say for now i mean we can talk about this now because this is really 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 relevant for someone who wants to work f- as a brand manager let's say in the united states for right. a, a, a wine company be they french italian spanish wherever they're from um you do not have to be a european union citizen or a, a citizen of that country they're you know hiring people in the united states but I had the idea that I wanted to go and live and work in Europe. And so one of the aspects of that was to pursue my citizenship so that I would be an EU citizen and uh, would have an easier time of it. Um, the job at Weinbo came along just in the middle of the citizenship application and it takes a while. Um, and it was probably one of the funniest journeys that I, I had because at the time I was living in the Washington DC area. So I was in a different consulate And then when I moved to Winebow, sorry, when I moved to New Jersey to work for Winebow, I ended up being in the Newark consulate. Um, And so I had to transfer all of my papers, and there was just an awful lot of stapling and stamping and transferring of documents and uh, reproving myself and that sort of thing. And then when you submit the application, it goes through all of the hierarchy, and you don't know anything for about 18 months. And then, poof, at the end of this process, it came back and, you know, there it was, my Italian citizenship. But basically you have to show, I don't know what the, I don't know what the rules are, how they're written now, Karen, but you basically, I had to show, uh, Italian lineage just one generation away. So it was my grandfather who had come to the United States as a very young man and died as a very young man here who never, uh, became a naturalized American citizen. He was only here for about three years before, um, that happened. So, uh, again, I don't know what the rules are now, but yes, I am a citizen of
0: the Italian Republic. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great, and and so it really, I, I guess, you know, you didn't even know you would be doing this Italian Wine Central thing at the time, but it certainly does lend itself. Like I say, your your name is not particularly Italian. I my maiden name is Trevisano, and I am yes. Italian, same as you. Yes, my grandfather came. Uh, to Ellis Island, and and I have often thought I love Italy, my favorite country to visit, and I've often thought, in fact, Bill and I even throw around the idea, maybe we'll get a summer home in Italy. Like, like that's ever going to happen? <laughs> you what be
1: don't be, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. There's an awful lot of that, you know. Post during COVID and post COVID, Karen, there are an awful lot of people that I know that decided that life was too short. Um, and they're settling in, I have three friends that I know, one who's, who went back to Italy, settled in Rome, another who, uh, moved to Spain, um, and they have no connection to Spain other than they love the country. And then another friend of mine who just moved from, from the town of Sonoma, uh, in your backyard, uh, her husband is of Portuguese descent. And so they moved, she just, she worked for, uh, she worked in the U.S. wine industry for about... 25 years and just move to Portugal because, you know, right. life is too short. So don't, 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 don't rule that out, Karen.
0: <laughs> well, if I go, I'm going to go to our, to Napa's sister city, Montecino. Oh, sister. yes. <laughs> It'd be kind of fun to do that. Oh boy. Well, just get me there to visit at least, <laughs> well, at least a couple more times in my lifetime would be nice. Yep. Um, so do you want to talk about your doctorate? We, you said we'd get back to that. When I was young before I even got
1: into the wine industry, right? I had just finished my MBA and I wanted to continue my I wanted to continue my studies and I wanted to get a PhD. And so I investigated PhD programs and I was looking to do uh, actually, actually, that's wrong, I had worked for a short while in the wine industry, not not a very long time. And so I was trying to put together a program, trying to find a program where I could put together a research project on the wine industry. Um, But I didn't know enough about the industry and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't find a university that was really interested in that because you, you have to, you know, you go and you study whatever philosophy, business, you know, business um, marketing, whatever your area is, but then you have to come up with a research area. And so, and, and they have to be interested in you researching it. And ideally you should be interested in it as well. Um, and so I, yeah, I just, I just, um, couldn't, couldn't put that together at that stage in my career. And it was just something that, you know, was a lifelong dream. So I, it was enormously satisfying to, to fulfill that dream. Um, but also to be able to reach a stretch goal that so many times in my career was out of reach right so many different things got in the way life career family etc so i chose bocconi because it is located in italy i wanted to study with an international student body i wanted to force myself to be around people who were, were not in the wine industry uh, the, the you know sonoma state doesn't have a wine business program at the phd level and so I'm pretty sure most of the other PhD programs around the country, say at Davis and Cornell and places like that, are all in um, you know uh, grape growing, production, winemaking, and that sort of thing. I, I could be proven wrong, but I wanted a program where I would be studying with an international student body, and I I was attracted and found out about Bocconi because at the master's level, uh, and because this is really big in Italy, you know they have. Food and beverage marketing MBAs there, and I had met some folks uh, along the way in my travels who had actually gone and done the wine and sorry the food marketing and and beverage marketing because it's not only I mean wine is a very big obviously a very big beverage in Italy but so is coffee uh, so are you know so is water bottled water and so there are programs and faculty there that have an interest in that and write about it so. Um, I mean, I guess the basic bottom line there is if you think a goal is out of reach, reach harder, because when you think you can't, you you definitely can. And I wanted to be able to teach um, higher level courses, you know, at the university level, uh, because I, I taught initially in that certificate program that you're describing where you can go to Sonoma State and take one course at a time, no matter, you know, whether it be marketing or accounting or just info. But in order to be able to teach the MBA courses and to kind of be more marketable, you definitely need a, you know, a, a doctoral degree. So I wanted to pursue one. Many things, you know, got in the way along the way, but I really, it was really great to freshen up my knowledge with what's going on in the business world, because when I got my MBA, the world was a completely different place. So, right.
0: And um, and what year was this? This was just this year, right? Earlier this year? Uh,
1: yeah, I just defended in January of
0: 2022. That's right. I remember you announced it. And,
1: yeah, everything was really slowed down by COVID, but most of us were able to keep up and we only lost probably a couple of months. So, um, but yeah, I finished in January
0: of 2022. And how much time in the course of taking, you know, taking this program? How much time did you spend in Milan?
1: Um, so it is an executive program, like the programs, uh, some of the programs at Sonoma State. In that, you go for certain residential weeks, and then you um, you uh, study on your own, and you also take online online courses. And this is. This is a model that, you know, you guys at the Napa Valley Wine Academy were able to really pivot to immediately for COVID. You guys were in such a position for that. Um, But we went, um, there were four residential uh, modules in in Milan, so over the course of two years. Um, And then uh, of course, uh, you know, the online programming and that sort of thing. So it's it's a three-year program during two of which you take coursework and in the last year you're working on your research, but you're always working with your advisor. So you've always got somebody to help you and and move you along.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you know, while we're talking about education, um, let's talk about, you know, what, talk about what you feel the value of education is for those that are striving to become a wine professional, whether it's working in a tasting room or getting a sales job or whatever, working in production. Talk about your, your feeling about wine education.
1: Sure. Um, So I, I guess I can speak from, you know, a personal perspective and then really a professional perspective as to how it helped my career for me personally, it gave me a solid foot. When I, when I studied, you know, the WSET courses, and the Society of Wine Educators courses, Um, it gave me a solid footing in the wines of the world. And honestly, the benefit for me, especially after passing WSET level three, was to be able to go into a restaurant with a multi-page wine list and knowing exactly how to navigate it. I used to, you know, get hyperventilate when someone would hand me one of those gigantic books And, you know, or, or if I, you know, the, the advent of the sort of big box retail store was just coming on when I was uh, starting out. So like Total Wine, going into Total Wine was just, now it's a candy store. Back then it was, you know, a huge challenge. So after taking those courses, I felt a lot more comfortable going in and then understanding. It gave me a big understanding of the wines that I like and then, you know, how to buy them, how to find them, yeah. education, professionally, I was able to get a job in a retail shop, right? I told you I worked along the way in a retail shop as the manager. Um, but in the job interview, uh, the, the shop owner is French. Um, and of course his inventory skews more towards French but during the interview he asked me you know where the Bergerac appellation was located yeah. and I I just spit it right out you know right and he I think his eyes wanted to pop out of his head because he, he was trying to really challenge me right. but um when he when he hired me, he told me how impressed he was that I knew where so many of their wines were from
0: That's um
1: awesome. so I needed that wine knowledge, um to to be able to navigate and and having wine knowledge you know Karen i think having wine knowledge allows you to then develop your whatever other business skills you might want to use in the industry whether it's selling or marketing or you're in pr so you know everybody who works in the wine industry really wears Two hats. They they they've got you know this storehouse of knowledge about wine, but they also have to have a solid skill set where that they bring to the table. So um, I think it's somewhat unique in that way. The industry
0: wine education too uh, can help overcome other short other things that might be considered shortcomings, like maybe you haven't really worked with directly with wine before. Um, you know, you can get your resume to you know, or if you have worked with wine before and you're applying for a job where others who have worked with wine before are applying, having the wine education credentials may move you to the top of the class. So there's, you know, a myriad of reasons, but, uh, you know, your lack of experience, a wine certificate can overcome a lot of that.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, having taught languages early on in my career, Uh, To me, wine is a bit like a foreign language initially. It is. Um, You you may be speaking in your native tongue when you're speaking. And so for us, in our case, it's it's English. But if you speak that foreign language, then you're a lot more comfortable in the culture of being around wine. So I think, you know, education is much more highly sought after now um, Mm -hmm. in the wine industry uh, than it was when I started. So it's really... You know, the places where you can get wine education and the places like the Napa Valley Wine Academy that have such breadth and depth of offerings are, you know, kind of unsurpassed at this point.
0: Yeah, I remember um, one of my jobs early on in the wine industry, I was working for a distributor in Ohio as a sales rep. And I really didn't know much about wine. I knew more about sales than I knew about wine at the time. But we had a, a really, really good import portfolio. In fact, we carried some wine products. And we had, a, we, had all, we had a really good portfolio. We were, you know, the largest fine wine house east of the Mississippi at the time. So I was, you know, a work in progress to say the least. And as you said, every Friday, we'd have people coming from our suppliers coming and giving us wine education. And somewhere along the way, I had heard about wine classes or certifications. And I had asked my boss about it, the owner of the company. And I said, you know, should I be pursuing that? And he says, no, nah. I guess we'll teach you everything you need to know. <laughs> so I then found myself in my 50s, starting my wine path with credentials, even though I'd been in the industry for way too many years at that point, 20 some years, but I wished I would have started a little younger, I had a hustle and, and get caught up. But today you know if you're in the wine industry most people pursue some kind of wine sort certi- of certification so i want to pivot and of course you know the the italian courses that you offer are a great stepping stone for those who really want to specialize i mean think of like a doctor you can be a gp but you you know maybe you want to be a plastic surgeon so you know you've got to go a little further and i think that your courses do exactly that so can you talk to the audience a little bit tell us if you let's say you have you know some wine credentials you've got some italian wine credentials what types of jobs in the world of wine specifically working with italian wines are available okay um again the
1: possibilities i feel uh, are endless so First of all, Italian wine continues to be has been and continues to be the largest imported wine category into the US. So that means it's everywhere, right? Um it's it's there are typically Italian I mean, even if there's not an Italian section dedicated on a wine list, there's usually going to be there's usually going to be some Pinot Grigio, there's going to be some Chianti or Chianti Classico. So, you know, it's it's um it's very pervasive. We We have, uh, and then there are Italian specialist wine shops. That is definitely something I see around the country. But we also have a large culture of Italian restaurants, Italian food, and and wine bars here as well. So so there are lots of places, let's say, on this canvas where one can uh, sort of, you know, Uh, play around right kind of uh, decide you know where you fit in so starting let's just work through let's just work through the value chain starting with an importer or distributor is is uh always a place importers tend to hire specialists because they're looking for people who know about italian wine typically this is I mean, there are exceptions, mind you, but typically they're looking for people who know something about Italian wine or who are knowledgeable, schooled in Italian wine, because they're responsible for training their distributors. And they're also responsible for going out and training retailers and restaurateurs. So a good command of Italian wines is always going to be something an importer is looking for. Obviously, if you're working for a distributor who's got a section of their book, uh, that is Italian based. You know there are Italian wine specialists that work in the larger companies. Let's say like Southern or um, uh, RDC and companies like that. Winebow would be another place uh, that if you were looking to develop a career as an Italian wine specialist, you could. Um, but you need Italian wine knowledge to be to be competitive and understand your own book. Same for a retail shop or or uh, you know a wine shop. and, And at the wine shop level, right, at the retail level, whether you're working online and you're working as a sales consultant online or you're working in a brick and mortar shop, knowing your wines, and this goes across the board, but knowing your wines allows you to help your customers more. So if they come in and they tell you that they like Chianti Classico, but they want to try something different or they drink something from the Languedoc or they like Oregon Pinot Noir. I mean, really just that's what WSAT is so great for. But it really allows you to help your customers. The other area, and you mentioned this, I think, earlier, is that Italian wineries are investing more and more in um, export-import brand managers. And it's a great opportunity for someone who wants to represent a brand or brands and travel around the US, right? The larger wineries are looking for people to go work, you know, the the big markets, but also to develop the, the secondary markets. And so if you are young or you're no matter what age, and you're energetic and you don't mind traveling, um, being a spokesperson for these Italian wine brands, but really being there, you know, a, a, an export manager or a brand manager based in the U.S. is really the steward of the brand in this particular country. So if you if that's the kind of thing that you like to do, talking about wines and really supporting brands, that's um, a, a good place. The other avenue, and I don't think people think about this enough, is in marketing and PR. So the larger companies have marketing departments. And they're coming up with they're doing what i was doing in, but they're writing about more exciting stuff they're writing they're they're coming up with brochures and marketing campaigns and advertising campaigns um and you know omni-channel marketing is huge now so understanding the digital world as well as the traditional marketing aspects um and then there are pr firms so people who have great writing skills Or let's say event management skills um, would really do well to look at um, a PR firm because they specialize, um, you know, they work on a lot of these campaigns in the U.S. for the various consortia like, you know, Chianti Classico, the wines of Piemonte, the wines of Abruzzo, whatever. So, I mean... That's yeah, no. like six or
0: seven. Yeah, <laughs> right no, there. No, I'm sure no, I'm missing no. some. Um. Yeah, those are great. And you touched on some really, uh, I, you know, the one word that I get asked a lot about for students, coaching clients, whoever, I mm-hmm. want to be a brand manager for an Italian winery. And, you know, you're using terms like, I'm sorry, they want to be a brand ambassador, you're using terms like brand manager, export manager, spokesman, those are all kind of one and the same, correct, or, or similar to each other, right? You'd be right. here in the U.S., you'd be representing a company in Italy. To find a job like that, um, aside from, you know, the obvious going on LinkedIn or Winejobs.com or, you know, Indeed or what have you, um, force Brands maybe, um, I recommend that, you know, if you've decided, I want to work, I want to be a brand manager for an Italian importer, brand ambassador, whatever you want to call it. I would recommend they make a list of the companies that they want to work for that specialize in Italian wine and pursue it. Don't wait till the, and that's true, honestly, with any wine job, don't wait till there's a posting. If you know you want to work for Southern glazers in Delaware, go for it. Just, just call them up. Just go and pursue that directly. Don't wait till there's necessarily a posting. I mean, if there's a posting, great. Um, But in any case, so, so you're, so would it be safe to say to, just reach out directly to the companies that you find would be appealing to work for? Well, first of all, I think you're correct. Uh, I, I completely agree with you. And while
1: I while I did not target Winebow, someone actually came to me who worked at Cobrand at the time, who knew of the job opening at at Winebow, and he thought that I would be a good candidate for it. So he suggested, I was not looking for a job at Winebo, but he suggested I apply. Um, and frankly, I would not have been as interested in the job at Winebow had we not sold a lot of their wines in the retail shop that I worked in. So, right. you know, if I had to have made a, a, a list, let's say, of the companies that I dealt with when I worked in the retail environment, you know, Winebo would have definitely been, been on there. So that is a strategy. And I can also verify that um, just, and I know a lot of the medium to larger size companies do this, you know, they hire consumer products, goods specialists, they hire marketing specialists mm-hmm. who come from either the beverage industry, you know, the hard seltzer industry, or the water industry or the coffee industry, but they also hire people who work for Procter and Gamble marketing toothpaste because the savvy companies are really looking to take wine marketing to the next level. Um, So, so you do need to understand the landscape. Let's start there and who the players are. And so that's why, so one of the things that I tell all of our students, and I told them this in the certificate program at, at Sonoma State and I tell them this in the in the EMBA program is to get yourself, you know, subscriptions to the wine business magazines. The first one is Wine Business Monthly. So yes, they have the winejobs.com site, but when you read that, you then understand who all the major players are yes. in the US in terms of in terms of distribution and wineries. You then need to, if you want to work for an Italian company or a French company, let's say, you need to find information on that. And you can do that with some of the more international publications. Um, Miningers is one of them. You You can read some of the international magazines like Decanter and you'll find out who all the... All the wineries are. You can read Wine Spectator, but if you read publications from different countries, and there's a lot of them, you can get an idea of the complexion. Um, and then you need to you need to look at these companies online, and you need to say, is this the kind of company that I would like to work for? Right. You know, you look at their you look at their values, you look at their morals, you look at how big they are, and that sort of thing. And the last piece of it, if you're saying, you know, should they call the company? Should they target the company directly? If they know someone, I would say, yes, you might have luck. A candidate might have luck by just blindly emailing, but it's best to try and find an entree, right? It's best to try and find someone who knows somebody so that they can, you know, so that they can not just really vouch for you, but so that they can get you top of the list of the
0: person you want to talk to. Yeah, and and that you you can accomplish that if you're like, well, I don't know anybody who works. Just go on LinkedIn and connect with people, and that's what LinkedIn is for, is you know making those kinds of connections and starting that ne- that network process. And there's there's groups on network on LinkedIn that you can network through. Um, just join a bunch of groups. You see the little groups tab. I belong to a lot of groups. I don't interact with all of them, but you know th- those are. Those are some really great ways of, you know, two of the other things you mentioned, you know, you said you started off working in retail, and that's another thing I, I tell students who want to get in the industry, that especially that don't have experience, go work in retail because... While you're in retail, you learn about the distribution process. You meet sales reps that work for big and small companies. And I had a gal who was a coaching client, and she actually volunteered at a retail shop. And she made it her mission to get to know all the salespeople. And she landed herself a job in New York City selling for an import distributor. And so it's those are gr- It's you're getting paid basically to network. I mean, you're getting paid to do a job too, but you're able to network um along the way and you know we're talking about oh you know look for italian importers these are google searches they're not that hard to do you you know everybody who knows how to google which is now sort of the kleenex of of (laughs) search engines but um there's so much information at your fingertips that it's it sounds daunting but it's really not that daunting
1: no and and you are absolutely right about retail I didn't mention that but you know in retail everyone comes to you the sales reps come into the store they bring you all of the different wines to taste customers come in okay and you don't you never know who you might who you might you know who you might meet who you might be serving but also suppliers come in so you meet I met I met tons of winery, Owners and winemakers, and I met brand managers as well. So there you are in this setting where people are coming in every day. Um, The other thing that people can do now that now that now that they are coming back into um, existence is um, going to tastings. So there you have there you have again you have the distributor sales reps, oftentimes the importer reps. You have wine winery principals who come to these tastings. Um, you often see journalists there, right. um, and so you know you just need to get to know what the industry is 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 all about, who it's comprised of, what it's comprised of, and then you know try and match it up with uh, where you think you might fit
0: in. Right. And and one more thing, real quick is. Um, if you look up, you know, as we mentioned, a lot of the a lot of the DOCs and DOCGs have their own websites and they're normally called Consorcio something, right? Can, you know, the Chianti Classico Consorcio, something like that. If you Google it, if you Google it, it'll it'll fix it for you. And a lot of those websites, um, they're great to sign up for their emails. It's another really good way to continue to constantly learn about Italian wines There's a lot of them to sign up for. You can specialize in Tuscany if you want. But um, the other thing is a lot of those offer free education, not necessarily certifications, but Mm -hmm. little mini courses and webinars on their website. So there's so many different ways to learn more. Um, Of course, in the professional world, anything with a certification, I think, is more desired. But you can still put these other things on your resume. It gets the word wine on your resume. So there's just so many ways to immerse yourself in a particular, you know, country or topic or region within a country. Um, And, you know, your story is just to me, it's it's one of the best stories because you have worn a lot of hats and, you know, you're entrepreneurial, you're, you know, you've got a lot of great insights. And I do come to you often when I need a little guidance, <laughs> not my career necessarily, but for other people. And although my career as well, <laughs> and anyway, we, you've mentored me, which I appreciate very much.
1: Well, I, I appreciate you telling me that, Karen, um, and, and, and thank you. But I think. You know, the fact that I have worn a lot of hats is just part of my nature because I thrive on change. So I know people who have worked in the industry, let's just say in the wine industry. I know, of course, people who've worked in all different industries, but in the wine industry who have worked for the same company for 35 years, who have worked in the same path in that company. Right. They've moved on and became senior executives, but they're in that same path. Um, but that was just never my, that was just never my, uh, goal. So for me, so, so that's another thing about the wine industry is that you can move around inside the wine industry. You're still in the same world, but you get the opportunity to do so many different things.
0: Yeah, Um, totally. And very similar to you, same with me, started, started in restaurants, went to sales, ended up in education and lots of little changes along, along the way. And you know, even within my sales career, started off selling to restaurants, ended up selling to retailers, you know? And anyway, so yeah. It, it, and I, and I recommend people do that. Don't get stale. You know, the more you, the more jobs you learn about, the more valuable you become. And that's probably true in any industry, but particularly true um, in the wine industry because there's so many different levels.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I just want to say one thing about that. When you go to get hired for a job, and this is true everywhere, but we're talking about the wine industry today, but you you need to bring your, you know, it, it's great if you can bring your wine knowledge, but you also need to bring to the table a certain skill set. And so you need to be able to evaluate your own skill set. And that the fact that you know, I, I don't do professional uh counseling like you do, but I do get a lot of people on my doorstep who who would like to know how to do this or right. know how to get along. And I tell them, I tell them the biggest advice I give them is to tear apart if they're if they're applying for a specific job, they need to tear apart that job description and really go line by line so that they are. Proving to, they are demonstrating to the recruiter that they can do that job. And yes. people will say to me, "Well, can I just send this? can I just send the same letter out and the same resume?" And I say, "No, not if you want the job, you can't do that." So you really need to tailor what if you, if you have a broad based um, if you have breadth and depth, and you need to be able to
0: to to demonstrate to that, and that's you know getting inside that job description. Yeah, every one of my students and clients hear that because. You know, here's what I say, a a hiring manager takes time to write a job description and then you hand them your generic resume. And now you're saying to this guy, here's my resume. Now you go find my attributes that match what you need instead of doing it the other way around. I know what you need because you told me and here is how I match your needs. Exactly. And it makes such a difference and you know now with these digital resumes you know it used to be you'd have to have really fancy looking resumes there's so many ways to get your resume to people now and these scannable resumes you know it doesn't have to be fancy looking it has to be easy to find what you know if you're going to put an opening paragraph a profile or a summary of who you are Make sure in there you're talking about some of the things they're looking for, like the big ones. And yep. you're not going to check every one of their boxes. Don't apologize for that. Don't draw attention to it. Just you know, don't say, "Well, I'm looking to change careers and I want to try the wine." No, don't say that. <laughs> I want. I am a wine professional, or I'm a, I'm wine knowledgeable. If you're not If you're not in the industry yet, I'm a wine enthusiast. Whatever it is, but don't. Don't draw attention to the things that are missing that they need because no one checks every box. That's the unicorn you're looking for. So anyway, we we talk about that a lot. Well, we're running out of time because you and I, we could go another hour, I'm quite sure, but I don't think the audience would want to do that. I always ask our, our guests to give us some actionable items and I think we've done a good job of that, but is there any other action item that that a listener could do now to follow in your footsteps to get into the italian wine business or in any wine business any any quick advice you want to give them
1: the first thing that i guess i would say is you know and it builds on what we have been talking about in this last 10 minutes let's say but i guess the the first piece of advice would be to have a plan but be flexible because life never goes exactly as planned um then Then, you know, do your research. Wine is super fun, right? But if you're looking to grow a career, it is also work. Um, So take a professional approach to it. The second thing I think is, and and I was lucky enough, I'll preface this by saying I was lucky enough to become uh, friends with my college career counselor after I graduated and we stayed in touch for a long time. And so she was a professional Counselor, you know, certified in a lot of different areas and, and skilled, and she was really good about forcing me to take personal inventories, which of course I hated doing. Right? I hated all these, you know, touchy-feely things where you're supposed to get in touch with yourself. But, right. <laughs> but uh, that's just me. But you really do need to get to know yourself. You have to evaluate your skill set. You have to figure out what you do really well and you have to, you know, give in to what you do not do well. And unless you want to improve on it, unless you wouldn't want to, you know, want to go through Olympic training to become better at X, Y, Z, you know, move on, jettison it and really build up the skill set that that you do really well. Yeah. And do in that same vein, going, going back to the plan, I would say do some personal scenario planning envision yourself in a role. So you have to find out about the role, right? We talked about a brand manager, but, you know, talk to a couple of brand managers. What is it that they really do? It turns out a lot of them do used to do, let's just say wine dinners. Well, wine dinners are at night. Do you want to work at night? Right. A lot of them do events. Do you want to be at events on the weekend? Um, do you love people or do you like working behind a desk? You, there? Right. You can do both. You can do both of those things in the wine industry. So, envision yourself in a role do some scenario planning definitely let the romance of wine captivate you because that's how you're going to be passionate but be realistic and then this is not new news Karen but I think the last thing I would say is taste a lot of different wines yeah I know I know super high-end professionals who don't drink white wine (laughs) they only drink red wine and they don't Or they don't drink sparkling wine, or whatever. Right. Taste, yeah. Taste a lot of different wines, not just Barolo, not just Brunello di Montalcino. You know, taste the little ten dollar and fifteen dollar wines. Get to know the landscape so that you're literate, right? Because as we said, wine is wine is like a foreign language, and the better you are at speaking that language, you know, the more attractive you're going to be.
0: So that's true about the language part. I thought about that when you said it earlier. It's it's like a language in that if you don't use it you will lose it. I find exactly. that there there's times I've stepped away, it hasn't been very long, but if I step away from a per- certain aspect of the wine industry, I got to relearn the language again. And so it is, it is uh, its own form of language. Well, I've already given all of my tips. Well, my one tip, my biggest tip is get in touch with Gerilyn's website. It's Ital- um, Italianwinecentral.com. And if they wanted to contact you, could they contact you through your website?
1: Uh, There is a form there. Um, uh, There there are a couple of different places where you can send us a message through a contact form, but um, it's very simple. I'm Gerilyn, G-E-R-A-L-Y-N, at ItalianWineCentral.com. Oh, you're brave. (laughs) Well, if I can help someone... If I can help someone, I will. And if I can't, I'll tell them and, uh, you know, I'll refer them to maybe someone who can. Well, you're you're very
0: sweet. And you're the second guest in a row that was brave enough to give out their email address. So that's wonderful. <laughs> I will well, say that you, if you get if people reach out to you, it's because they're genuinely interested. And we have had several success stories, you know, coming off of these podcasts. So that's good. Well, to- I can
1: tell you, Karen, I mean, I guess it's not really hard to find my email because I've been getting somebody, somebody that. I some place that I subscribe to, a bona fide place that I subscribe to, I don't know who it is, probably sold a list that had my name on it. And so I have had people, we're we're a virtual Italian wine education online classroom, and I had someone who wanted to sell me janitorial services about two (laughs) days ago. (laughs) So this is somebody who clearly did not do their homework, right? Right, They didn't even visit the website, so...
0: Yeah, very good. That's exactly right. Well, Gerilyn, boy, as always to talk to, it's fun, but I really appreciate your time. I I know our audience has learned so much from you and been inspired by your story and your recommendations. Boy, the recommendations were great. So I hope listeners will listen to the end um, and I'm sure they will. So thank you so much. Thanks to the audience, the regulars that come back and the new people that are now here. Really appreciate it. But I really value your friendship and your time, Gerilyn.
1: Oh, you too, Karen. Thank you so much. And thank you for for being an avid user of the site. And, you know, thanks for having me on the show.
0: You're welcome. Thanks to all of you for joining. And I hope today's show has inspired you to make a career out of your passion for wine. If you'd like to have a one-on-one career coaching session with me, just use the link in the show notes for more information or to schedule an appointment. This podcast is all about helping you follow your dreams. So feel free to send us your suggestions for guests or topics through our email link that's listed in the show notes. And it means an awful lot when you share us with friends or leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join us again for our next episode.